Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoopball Nest Podcast. So make sure you guys go subscribe to us on iTunes. You can look up Hoop-Ball. You can look up Brooklyn Nets. We come up either way. Make sure to subscribe. Leave a rating and a review, preferably five stars. And, uh, yeah, we're going to read all the reviews. We actually have one today. It's an interesting one. We're going to address it. But, uh, yeah, make sure you guys go leave us reviews, whether it's uh, criticism, constructive criticism, things we did right, things we did wrong. We want to keep getting better, so make sure you guys go let us know. Um, shout out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this episode of this podcast, period, and every other hoopball podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Hi Kona Coffee, Kona with a K. Search them up on Amazon. They have great coffee, so make sure you guys go check it out. And lastly... Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. We're becoming more active on Twitter. We were slacking a little, but now we're on our game, so make sure you guys go follow us. So, on to the review. It's by Caddy Wacky. It was, uh, we, we, I think that's how you pronounce it, but that's what it says, Caddy Wacky. It's titled, Could Be Better. It's a four-star review. And uh, we're going to just read it. I'm just going to read it out before we address uh, the pieces of it. So it says, I enjoy this podcast since I love listening to commentary about Nets games and want to support them. On the other hand, I think they could be better. They need to look beyond just the box score to evaluate players. For example, Jared Dudley is more than just his often less than stellar stats. He provides on-court coaching and stability for the team that only a smart and vocal veteran can provide. When he's not there, the players can resort to their eight-game losing streak ways. Listen to this podcast old episodes and see how much the excoriated players and coaches in slums intend to have that what-have-you-done-for-me-lately attitude that can be shallow and immature. I suggest they listen to what Atkinson and knowledgeable analysts, for example, Nothing But Nets and Yes Interviews, say about the value of different players that can easily be seen from the stat sheet. Woo! So, 
we're gonna address everything um starting with the title could be better we agree we never claim to be perfect and last episode we asked for criticism so we thank you for giving you giving us your criticism and what we can do better of course we can be better and we strive to keep getting better um you said you enjoy this podcast and uh you want to support us thank you we appreciate all types of support definitely on the other hand you think we could be better already address that they need to look beyond just the box score to evaluate players I I do agree, to be completely honest with you. We want to find more in-depth ways to evaluate players on the podcast than just the box score. So we are looking into that. And unfortunately, we, we, we watch as many games as we can. But there are some games that we have to go solely based off of highlights and the box score because we miss the game. Either we have class or we have something else that kept us from the game. But we try to watch as many games as we can. And I understand that the evaluating players better. We're going to work on that. We're going to try different things from here on out. But there's one thing in this review that I do not agree with. And I will not apologize for Jared Dudley. I can... I, I know he is a veteran. And I understand that he is valuable on the roster. I do not have a problem with him being on the Nets roster. I have a problem with him playing on the court. He can... The Nets had a beautiful win against the Celtics today and have a 14-5 and record in their last 19 games where Dudley has seen less minutes than usual and he actually did not play the game against the Celtics today that they won. So I believe that same on-court coaching that is spoken about in this review can be similarly off the court coaching. He can be on the bench right next to Atkinson and say the same things he would say on the court. That's my opinion. And we know when they went on that eight game losing streak, Jared Dudley hosted a film session with them and did all that and, and really called them out. But that's still off the court things like he called them out off the court he can do that without playing we have no like we said we have no problem with him being on the Nets roster every roster needs a veteran that can anchor the team and really hold them down to keep them to like keep keep them going like the the motor of the team but he doesn't need to play in certain situations it's all we're trying to say and and the the less than stellar stats yeah of course Jared Dudley doesn't put up great stats which is why we we say what we say but yeah we have no problem with him being on the roster it's just when he's in the game we don't see what he provides that he can't provide from off the bench like we we don't see Jared Dudley as a basketball savant like we don't see him as like someone like Rondo which is why the Lakers signed Rondo to be a, a, a on-court coach. We don't see Jared Dudley as that same type of player. But if that's your opinion, then we completely appreciate it and we value it. Um, next, you said that we excori- old in old episodes, we excoriated players in slumps and tend to have that what-have-you-done-from-lately attitude that can be shallow and immature. I believe that this is more geared toward me because I often do violate players and coaches and I have a very strong opinion about certain things. But in my opinion, if I were to continuously evaluate their impact on the team and their entire season and how it's going, it would get so repetitive that there would be no point in even evaluating them at all. If you're going game by game and talk holding players accountable for their lack of performance in this game and putting them on blast putting their performance 
out for everyone to know how bad they were, I don't think that's such a bad thing. But I understand why you believe that I should have a more season-long outlook. But but we do address that occasionally. We but, just try and hold yeah. players accountable for their bad play. Like we don't we 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 love the Nets. Like we're both not primary Nets fans, but we love covering the Nets and what they're doing this season is absolutely amazing and we're grateful and thankful to be able to cover them. We're just trying cuz and we don't want to sound like we're just overly up, like praising a player too much so we have to hold them accountable or else we would just be saying they had a great game every game. We're, and and the the whole you you want us to listen to what Agnesen and knowledgeable analysts have to say about the value of different players. We we are completely open to taking suggestions and listening to other people's opinions. But we also value our opinions, and I feel like that's what this po- this podcast is our opinion, basically. So that that's how we feel on this subject. And I don't want whoever wrote this review to feel attacked in any way. We're just trying to address it, and like. We from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for leaving it because, like we said, we need criticism, and we're going to try and take each one of your points into account when we and try and better the podcast. Whew, that took way longer than I was thinking. There was like eight minutes deep already. But aside from that, let's get into the games. Um, they played the Raptors and the Celtics. They just played the Celtics like what three hours ago. They got the win over the Celtics. Everyone knows that, but we're going to save that for later. The Raptors game. So, they played the Raptors on Friday when we recorded the last podcast. Yeah, I remember them being down one at halftime and me saying that uh, D'Angelo Russell was going to get a triple-double because I think midway through, like, the second, he had, like, 15, 6, and 9. Well, he ended with 24, 6, and 9. All right, he probably had, like, 15, 6, six and, and five. 5. Yeah, 15, 6, and 5. He ended with 24, 6, and 9, so he didn't get the triple-double. He didn't record a single other rebound no, and, the entire game. And I told Najee, I said, watch, D'Angelo Russell is going to, because he had already played 15 out of the first 17 minutes, and I told him, He's not going to get it. And he's like, he can't. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. I I know how the rotations work. He got benched. He got held to 27 minutes. And his stats showed it. He got the points and a few more assists. Just couldn't get any more rebounds. Yeah, Toronto's biggest lead was 26. And they kind of pulled away with this game in the third quarter. Kind of became a blowout late. Got a little ugly. The Raptors shot 45.7% from the field while the Nets shot 42. Uh, Three-point percentages, the Nets actually shot better as a team than the Raptors did, 36.7 compared to the Raptors, 31.4. And then uh, the Nets lost a turnover turnover battle 9-17, to so that's horrible. That's a big reason they ended up losing because when you give up almost double turnovers, then you're giving the other team way more possessions than you have. And, uh, yeah, they also lost the rebound battle, not by much, only by one. They got out offensive rebound in 9-13, to and total rebounds, they lost 55-54. to And between the turnovers and offensive rebounds is the reason that the Raptors got off 17 more shots in it, that it, game. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, on to the box score. So they basically gave the entire Raptors team basically – Got theirs like the bench. How many players on the bench had double digits? Five, five players, bench on the players bench. in double digits and three starters. Yeah, so Kawhi 26 minutes, 20 points, nine of 18 shooting, two for five from the three point line, 11 rebounds, four assists. Uh, it was a regular, it wasn't Kawhi's greatest game by any means. They held him to 50% shooting. I would say it's good defense on a player like Kawhi Leonard, someone that some people consider to be a top five player in the league, holding them to 20 points is pretty decent. Pascal Siakam played 25 minutes, uh, someone that is in the running for most improved player. 
had 16 points, 6 of 13 from the field, 6 rebounds, and a steal. No blocks and 2 assists. Um, he had the highest plus-minus on the team. Oh, he had the second highest plus-minus on the team at 20. Kawhi had the highest plus-minus on the team at plus 24. And then, uh, honestly, I think it was a... The, Pascal Siakam was actually bodying them. Hunter said it earlier because Pascal Siakam was being guarded by Damari Carroll. And Damari Carroll is an undersized four. And Pascal Siakam's at least like 6'10, 6'11. And he, he also has a great handle, which is a part of his he game. He brings that he's the developed. ball up the court. If he grabs a rebound, there's a good chance that he will dribble it all the way up the court and take you to the rack. He's like, like sneaky, like mixy with the ball. Like he'll his favorite move is a spin move at the basket, and it's always almost an and one or a foul, or he gets some type of bucket out of it. Either he makes it, gets fouled, or gets an and one. So, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't the best defensive performance on Pascal Siakam. Serge Ibaka, 14 points, 25 minutes, 7 to 15 from the field, 9 rebounds, nothing crazy from Serge. They held Danny Green to 8 points. They really locked up Kyle Lowry, but he only played 22 minutes. Uh, he only had 4 points and 8 assists. He had four personal fouls, so maybe that had something to do with it. But uh, I think the Nets, I think the Raptors just had this one locked up early, which is why they figured, hey, Kyle Lowry can rest. He's coming off injury, so... Fred Van Vliet, 10 points, 18 minutes. OG Ananobi, 13 points, 22 minutes. Yeah, the uh, Norman Powell, Greg Monroe, and DeLon Wright all scored in double digits. So, uh, yeah, the Nets just basically got overpowered by not only Raptors starters, but their bench as well. And the Nets move for the starting lineup was shocking to me. We mentioned this in the last episode, (laughs) and I did not agree with it because Damari Carroll was completely on fire. And you go and start Trevion Graham. Of the week. You start Trevion Graham. Honestly, how do you think Damari Carroll feels after going on a tear? And then you start Trevion Graham, and Damari Carroll has a terrible performance. Honestly, though, I feel like Damari is one of those players that like we get it for the team. Like if Kenny Atkinson really explained to him, like yeah, we're gonna need you to come off the bench and 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 not start. I feel like he wouldn't. I feel like he would he would get it. But he only even in this game he only played twenty minutes. He was two of nine. So this was his worst game in the past two weeks, basically. I'm pretty sure Kenny Atkinson starts Trevion Graham to give Demar Carroll and Spencer Dinwiddie a one-two punch off the bench, as well as Trevion Graham plays pretty good defense. Even so, he held Kawhi to 20 points on nine of 18 shooting. For Trevion Graham, I'm gonna say that's pretty decent, to be completely honest. He didn't do well on the offensive end. He took seven shots, six of them were threes. He only hit one of them, so that's gonna have to change if he's gonna be in the starting lineup for much longer. Uh, Rodion's Karuk continued his cold streak. Four points, one of three shooting. He's cooled down a lot from his very hot start. Jared Allen had a 9.12 rebound game. Four or seven shooting. About the same game you'd always expect from Jared Allen. With three defensive stats, two blocks, a steal. Um, And Old Reliable did not have the best showing. Seven points, two of seven shooting. Honestly, there's, there's really nobody that played above expectations that I see on this box score other than D'Angelo Russell and Allen Williams. Yeah, Allen Williams. So if you you guys don't know, I don't think we really covered it on the podcast, to be honest. He was supposed to go to a China team, but something got mixed up with the NBA and his contract and everything, so the Nets just officially ended up signing him back. After they waived him. After they waived him. So, yeah. he And now they're playing a minute. He played eight minutes. Eight points, three or four, shooting with eight rebounds. Yeah. And 
If you remember his stint in Phoenix, he actually played some solid yeah, he basketball. Was nice. Big sauce. Big, he was <laughs> Big Sauce might deserve a chance. <laughs> he was Not nice gonna lie. in Phoenix. Big Sauce might deserve a chance over Kenneth and Jared if honestly, you ask me honestly. while Rondé Hollis is out. One thing I do want to point out is even though Rodion's Crooks doesn't have amazing stat lines most of the time, I think it's still pretty impressive that if a lot of people have to remember he's a young overseas player so a lot of like the nba action is still new to him and to be thrust into a starting position in your first half of your first nba season is, is a big thing for him to and deal he with he did not play a ton of minutes when he played overseas yeah he wasn't like their Atkinson best player yeah. so him playing like in the overtime game against the hornets the double overtime game he played over 40 minutes and overseas he never touched close to that amount so it's really testing his stamina durability and he's he's probably fatigued a little bit based on how much he's playing compared to how he's what he's used to, but I see a promising future. Yeah, I for see Kuroks. potential. So when people are so harsh on him, I feel like you should give him a little bit of slack. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie and Shabazz Napier. Let's get into them. Shabazz had a great game, twenty five minutes. It was the most minutes of any guard not named D'Angelo Russell. It was the most minutes of any player not named D'Angelo Russell and Trevion Graham. To be honest, he came off the bench, fifteen points, six of fourteen shooting, three of six from the three point line, five assists, two rebounds. It, it was a great game from Shabazz Napier, honestly. And uh, Spencer Dinwiddie still in his slump. We'll talk about that later. He had twenty one minutes, eight points, one of seven from the field. He hit the only shot he hit was a three. The other points came off of uh, free throws he had three rebounds two assists one turnover and then D'Angelo Russell 24 27 minutes 24 points 10 of 19 from the field two of five from the three-point line two of two from the free throw line six rebounds nine assists almost had a triple double he only had two turnovers and a steal so it's a good game from D'Lo wasn't anything like his game tonight but this is two straight back-to-back good games for D'Lo and out of the main rotation players taking out Allen Williams, Fareed, and Pinson, who came in for a few garbage time minutes. Uh, D'Lo had the only positive plus minus, so he was keeping the Nets alive for a while. On to the Celtics game, which, ju- which just literally happened. Me and Hunter were actually at Buffalo Wild Wings watching it, so uh, we were live tweeting the whole thing, basically. So if you don't know, I'm actually a Celtics fan, and I was happy to see the Nets win this game. We The Celtics didn't have Kyrie or Marcus Smart, or Aaron Baines. So, I didn't expect them to win this game. Yeah, the Celtics didn't have Baines, Kyrie, and Smart, and the Nets and didn't And I was have. happy that the Nets capitalized on that, because if they didn't, that would not have Yeah, it would have been, been a, a bad time. look, yeah. But yeah, the Celtics were down Baines, Kyrie, and Smart. The Nets were down Levert, Dudley, Rondé Hollis, Crab, Shabazz Napier, and Jana Musa. So, the Nets played the Celtics a week ago. They lost by 21, got absolutely blown out. It was one of those games that, one of the games where um, Kenny Atkinson tested our theory that he sits his good players against great teams. And, and, but he knew this game was Yeah, he knew Kyrie, this game was winnable. Yeah, he knew this game was winnable. And, uh, well, first of all, I, well, let's, let's get into the actual game before we start talking about stuff. Um, So, the Nets' biggest lead was 27. And that came after a D'Angelo Russell eruption. It was a little eruption. I, I stood up in, out of my booth <laughs> at Buffalo Wild Wings because this People man... People were looking at us like we were insane. This man was making ridiculous shots. This was one of his best performances of the year, if not his best performance. People were looking at us like we were insane, like, what are these kids doing? But he was. it was on the big screen TV. He was going off, and we, we just couldn't hold it in. But yeah, the Nets won. 
109 to 102. It got close okay. at the end. Okay, so the Nets had that 27-point lead. They got cut to 7 to end the game. In the last minute of the game, it was a 7-point lead. It was 6, and if Brad Wanamaker He had three, two open threes that he shanked. He really could have made it a one-possession game. But the Nets held on to win. It, honestly... I was kind of ashamed that they even let Brad <laughs> Wanamaker, Gershon Yabuselli, and Robert Williams. It was really the Jason Tatum. They had yeah, they had Tatum and Brown on the court, but the fact that you had Wanamaker, Yabusele, and Williams on the court for this run—that's a bad look. That is, that was bad. It is a bad. Look. And D'Angelo Russell was on the court for this time. It it discredited some part of his performance for me that he could not effectively close this game. I think he didn't want to to overdo it. Like, I don't think he wanted to come out and just chuck it and ruin his field goal percentage and make it look like a bad game. So that's why I think he was chilling. But, uh, yeah, the Nets had, what, a one-point lead at half, a two-point lead at half, and then um, they they outscored the Celtics 44-21 to in the third quarter, a lot of D'Angelo Russell, and then they got outscored 36-19 to in the fourth quarter. Um, they shot 43% from the field. The Celtics shot 40% from the field. Uh, the, they shot 33.3% from the three point line. The Celtics shot 30.6 and, uh, the Nets knocked down their free throws at 88% clip. So, uh, yeah, onto the box score for the Celtics. There's literally two players that we should cover. Well, I'll cover three. Low key, Brad Wanamaker had a decent yeah. game before he shanked the two yeah, threes. Yeah, no, I was going to cover Jason Tatum and his 34 points on 12 <laughs> of 19 shooting with three blocks. And uh, Jalen Brown's 22 points on 9 of 18 shooting with six rebounds and two steals. So you have those two. But then. You have a terrible shooting game for Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier, and Gordon Hayward, who combined for 7 for 29 from the field, which is just under 25%. I just want to say, D'Lo kind of plays lockup defense, and, and it's it goes very much so unnoticed. He's improved, because to start the year... They the were Nets getting, getting lit up by guards. Destroyed by guards. But in this game, Terry Rozier, 25 minutes, 3 of 12 from the field, 1 of 6 from the three-point line. And Pat, someone tweeted this out. His at is PrinceMarcus underscore 25, so shout out to you. Uh, D'Lo held John Wall to 6 of 19 shooting. He held Patrick Beverly. Okay, it's not a big deal, Patrick Beverly. But still, 2 of 6 shooting, 6 points. Josh Richardson was 6 of 20 against D'Lo. Dennis Smith was 2 of 3 against D'Lo, which is is 2 of 3, but he held him to 4 points. And the Mavericks aren't the best team, so they need Dennis Smith as much as possible. Ricky Rubio held him to 0 of 6. Colin Sexton, which is probably the best performance on here, 7 of 16. And then Kyle Lowry, who a lot of people are calling an all-star, 1 of 8 with 3 points. So I just want to say, don't sleep on D'Lo's defense because he's an above-average defender. I'm going to say He's improved. I, I still, although I'd love to see him in the all-star game. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to talk about it later. Okay. It's on the agenda yeah, sure. because we have two very different opinions sure. about D'Lo in the all-star game. Sure. But, um, yeah, Jason Tatum, 34 points, and Jalen Brown, 22 oh, points. Oh, and the last man, Brad Wanamaker, 13 points on 4 of 11 shooting in 25 minutes. The Celtics needed him because Kyrie and Smart were both out, so they, were, they didn't have much depth at the guard position. And he had a plus 11 on the time he was on the court, so he played a great game. Uh, yeah, on to the Nets. So, the two, in, the, in the first half, 
D'Angelo Russell and Rodion's Karooks were basically carrying, carrying the Nets. And uh, everyone else kind of caught up later. But uh, Rodion's Karooks, 33 minutes, 19 points, 7 of 11 from the field, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, an assist, 2 3-pointers made. He really stepped up in absence of a lot of Nets players. And he, he stepped up in, in a, a big moment against the Celtics in a game that they really should have won and they did win. So before we get to other good performances... I'm going to go to the lowlights of this game. Both Trevion Graham and Damari Carroll combined for 2 for 20 shooting. Damari Carroll was 2 for 15 and Trevion Graham was 0 for 5. And although Damari Carroll had a double-double with 10 points and 14 rebounds, Trevion Graham did not do a whole lot. He was 0 for 4 from 3 with 4 fouls, 4 rebounds. Both of them honestly just kind of brought the team down a little bit. Unfortunately, Big Sauce didn't get any playing time today. If you take out Damari Carroll and Trevion Graham's field goals, the Nets shot 53% instead of 43%. So, they brought the field goal percentage down. But, I mean, what are you going to do? They still won the game. So, it was a carry, really, from D'Angelo Russell, Rodion's Kurooks. Even Jared Allen had an amazing game with 19 points on 5 of 9 shooting with 12 rebounds and 4 blocks. He blocked Rozier and Jalen Brown in some big moments. Added them to his list of victims. I'm not going to lie, Terry Rozier also did bang it on Jared Allen, but we're not <laughs> going to talk about that one. Um, yeah, so yeah, Jared Allen, 19 points, 12 rebounds, 4 blocks, an amazing game from him. Joe Harris, 34 minutes, 13 points, 4 of 10 from the field, over-reliable, went 1 of 6 from the 3-point line, yeah, not he, his best game. He didn't have the best game, but he did his job, did enough. Spencer Dinwiddie, 27 minutes. Eight points, three of six from the field, two of three from the three-point line. One of those threes was dang near half court. Yeah, he hit it from the black in the Nets <laughs> yeah, logo. It was crazy. And then uh, one of his low lights of the game, he committed a turnover, I think, late in the game. And then he got taken out immediately. It was when the Celtics were on their run. He got taken out immediately, and he wasn't happy about it. He got a tech Jason Tatum drilled the free throw. And also with 50 seconds left, another low light was D'Angelo Russell kicked the ball right out of bounds as he was dribbling. So yeah, they right. were giving the Celtics a lot of chances to come back. Um, But uh, yeah, let's talk about D'Lo finally. Um, D'Lo, 37 minutes, 34 points, 13 of 26 from the field, 7 of 13 from 3. One of those threes was, uh, they gave it to him at the end of the shot clock. He just pulled it from like, at least a, a couple feet back. It was it was like about three feet behind the line, I'd say. Drilled it. Nothing and, but net. And that is what sparked his run. After he made that shot, he went on a, a complete rampage. He was hitting three after three, and then he hit a floater in Robert Williams' face. He was on a complete tear. He makes these off-balance shots, like... He'll come down, and he'll, like, do a hezzy, come through, set a, Jared Allen set a screen, he'll pull up, just leaning to the right, one leg in the air, cash. I would never understand how he does it. I will it. give him credit for this game, because he's the reason the Nets pulled away. Without that surge, the, there's a good chance the Celtics would have won that game with their play in the fourth quarter. He did have five turnovers. He did have seven assists also. So he was getting teammates involved. He's a great passer when it comes he to... He had a good no-look pass to Jared Allen during his hot streak. He was drawing attention. Jared Allen got the ball. Easy dunk. Some of D'Lo's best passes come when he's finding teammates in motion on the break. Like, he'll pass it to where he knows they're going to be. 
and it's an open shot for them. Or they come in where Jared Allen sets up pick, or any big man, really, most of the time, Jared Allen sets a pick for him, pick and roll. He bounce passes it, and Jared Allen gets easy dunks. Or he'll draw the defenders in by going to the paint, which leaves Jared Allen open. He's really crafty a lot of the time, which goes unnoticed. But, uh, yeah, D'Lo, 34, 7, and 5. Five turnovers, one steal, and a block. An amazing game from him. And another thing I want to point out is that when the the Celtics were on their run, Kenny Atkinson refused to call a, a single timeout. He didn't call a timeout at all. The Celtics went on their 10-0 run, and he just let the, the Nets just stay out there, which I feel like is important for their development because he wanted to see them weather the storm and not just bail them out. Like, he wanted to see if his players, who had a 20, what, 27, 24-point lead, could hold that lead and not shank it at the end, even though they're a young team. Yeah, obviously, since they won, I'm not mad about it, but had Wanamaker <laughs> hit that three... Had D'Lo still got that turnover and had Tatum hit another three and it's a tied game, it would be a whole different conversation it would be. about why Atkinson didn't call a timeout. That's very true. But I guess it, it worked in his favor. Uh, yeah, so that's it for that game. An incredible game by the Nets. Beat the Celtics. Their next game is against the Rockets on Wednesday. The Rockets are without CP3 and Capella. so it's really And gonna, Eric Gordon. And Eric probably. Gordon, most likely, yeah. And even if Eric Gordon plays, what, it's Harden, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker. Yeah, but they just beat the Grizzlies without all three of them because Harden had 57 points. It's really just if you stop Harden, you stop the Rockets. And there's no one on the Nets that can stop Harden. So, unfortunately, Harden will have his way. But But Clint Capella, I mean, Jared Allen should also have his way. Because the, the Rockets have no big men. Yeah. Marquise, Chris, and Nene are really their only big men. Jared Allen should eat, but um, yeah. So we want to talk about uh Dinwiddie's slump. So Kenny Atkinson, after the Nets lost to Toronto, said about Spencer Dinwiddie, I think he's in a little bit of a slump right now. He needs to get out of it for us to be a good team. So then uh, Newsday wrote a whole article about Dinwiddie being on a slump, and Dinwiddie didn't take too kindly to it. He put on Twitter, LOL, slump. And I mean, I, I don't, uh, Kenny Atkinson later apologized for his wording of how he said it. But honestly, I don't think he was wrong. Like, Dinwiddie is in a slump. How, how else would you dis, de- describe it? Over After the- scoring 39 against the Sixers and showing what he can do and getting all this six-man-of-the-year possibilities, he's in the conversation for it, he has played significantly worse. Yeah, over the past two weeks, he has been in a slump, 25.6 minutes, 12.1 points per game. Keep in mind, this is within seven games, which I said over the past two weeks, so over seven games, 12.1 points, a three, two rebounds, 3.4 assists, uh, no, st- uh, not even a full steal, not a full block, 9.1 attempts per game. He's shooting 37.5% from the field, 2.4 turnovers. It just hasn't been a great game from a great couple of games from Dinwiddie. From a fantasy perspective, all he's contributing positive per game value to is assists and free throw percentage. He hasn't really added much to the game as of late. He's he has to play better for them to be a real playoff threat. team, exactly. like a real threat. Napier's kind of stepped up in his downplay. Napier over six games in those two weeks. Had .3 more minutes, 25.9 minutes per game, 12.7 points, two threes, three rebounds, 4.2 assists, .8 steals, and 38.8% shooting. So And 2.3 turnovers, so literally everything was slightly better than Dinwiddie. Yeah, it, it wasn't like uh, Napier's just he been amazing. Him out. Everything is just so slightly better than him that... 
they've been about the same player. Not to mention Dinwiddie shooting 18.8% from three over his last five. So that that's just not going to get it done for you. So I, I get where, like, the word slump could, especially coming from your coach, who's supposed to support who's supposed to support you in the media, could come off as being a little harsh. But, like, he said it how it is. Dinwiddie's in a slump. And on to the last, last topic for the day. Once and for all, do you think D'Angelo Russell... Should be an Eastern Conference All-Star. Because after the game, he was asked, and his response was, for sure. And I love it. I love that D- the confident D'Lo is the one that I fell in love with. So, yes, I believe D'Lo should be an All-Star. I believe if you look at the um, list that I made, because I wrote the week ahead. I write the week ahead every week for HoopBall. A nice little plug. <laughs> and uh, I did an All-Star Prediction Edition. So, should I pull it up? Yes, I did an All-Star Prediction Edition. Okay, so we paused for the podcast for a minute. I pulled up Hunter's article. Okay, so you want to go ahead, read your Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference, and this is, this is without Dwayne Wade. Okay, so mind you, Dwayne Wade is probably going to start in this game, which pushes everyone down one. And if Dwayne Wade even makes this game, there's no shot D'Lo makes it. But if Dwayne Wade doesn't, then there's an argument for that last spot. But as of right now. My all-star starters are Kyrie, Kemba Walker, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Any okay, problems? no arguments with that. My reserve, my two reserve guards are Oladipo and Bradley Beal. Good. My three forwards, Blake Griffin, Nikola Vucevic, and Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond, not a fan. He, he a, averages 16 and 15, and the Pistons suck. There's, and he, wait, wait, but... Who's the other forward then? It has to be a third forward. Okay, fine, fine. Give, give it to Andre Drummond. Now I'm just saying. Andre and then Drummond's the not last the best two player. wild cards are Ben Simmons and Kyle Lowry. So my three honorable mentions in the column at the bottom are D'Angelo Russell, Zach Levine, and Jimmy Butler due to his locker room conflicts that I believe coaches will hold him out of the game. So if Dwayne Wade makes this game... Take Dwayne. Dwayne Wade doesn't. No. No, 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 no. Dwayne, forget listen, about listen. D-Wade. If he starts, push Kemba to where Oladipo is, put Oladipo where Lowry is, Lowry's out of the game. And if you think with Dwayne Wade in the game, there's any shot D'Lo makes it, there's not. I there's get no the shot. Dwayne Wade last season put him in on some Kobe type stuff, but no. Forget D-Wade. I'm not going to address D-Wade. There's no way he deserves Without to be Without D-Wade... Without D-Wade, D'Angelo Russell's make. better than Kyle Lowry. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's not. because The Raptors would make the playoffs with or without Kyle Lowry. The Nets would not make the playoffs without D'Lo, even if they had Karis LeVert. You're making the argument for MVP, not All-Star. D'Lo is a better player than Kyle Lowry this no, season. No, he's okay, not. Okay, Kyle Lowry averages 14, 4, and 9. Oh, you want to say 10? He averages 9.6. 14, 4, and 9. D'Lo... Okay, so we pause the podcast again. Comparing D'Angelo Russell and Kyle Lowry this season on Basketball Reference. D'Lo averages 18.3, which probably is an 18.3 after that game. So let's just say 18.5. 14, I mean, D'Lo averages 18.5. Uh, Kyle Lowry averages 14. Uh, so he wins in that aspect. Kyle Lowry averages 9.6 assists, but his team is also better. D'Lo averages 6.3 assists on a Nets team that is uh, would be absolutely horrible without him. Uh, Kyle Lowry averages 4.3 rebounds. D'Lo averages 3.8. Uh, whoop-de-doo. 
Um, Kyle Lowry averages 1.5 steals. D'Lo averages 1. Okay, that's not that big a deal. And D'Lo shooting better from 3 than Kyle Lowry, 36% to 32. But Kyle Lowry is shooting 57% on two-pointers and D'Lo shooting 48%. Okay, but their total field goal percentage is about the same. Kyle Lowry shoots 42.4, D'Lo shoots 42.9. And Lowry takes 5.5 less shots. Okay, because his team has Kawhi Leonard, of course. And his effective field goal percentage is higher. Kyle Lowry's also only played uh, 34 games, so D'Lo's more healthy. I'm just saying, the fact that it's this close, and Kyle Lowry's supposed to be this all-star, means that D'Lo is the better player. Like, he's, what, 22? And he's he's having a better season than Kyle Lowry. The only reason people are saying Kyle Lowry is because the Raptors are the one seed. They would be the five seed, four seed without him. Do you remember the Hawks team that was the number oh, one Oh, yeah, team? and they had uh, Kyle Korver in the All-Star Kyle game. Kyle Korver made the All-Star and he, game. And what did everyone say? He didn't deserve to make the All-Star game. Kyle Korver made the All-Star but game. But he didn't and deserve why, to make the All-Star why game. Why does... I understand also... The question was, should D'Lo no, be an listen, All-Star? Listen. Yes, he should. No. He shouldn't? No, because Will Lowry's he and an All-Star. should he are two different things. He is, but then you can also say that there are thirty players in the West that should be All Stars because the okay, honorable okay, mentions. Then deals one of them in the East. Then the honorable mentions I have in the West goes on and on. Drew Holiday, Mike Conley, Clint Capella. The list goes on of honorable mentions. Devin Booker, Clay Thompson. Okay, let's just does all D, of these does D'Lo deserve to be an All Star? He does not deserve it over anyone on my list. He deserves to be an all-star over Kyle Lowry. So we paused again to look up Zach Levine. No, no, no. Because if your argument is about the team caliber getting in the way, then it shouldn't matter that Zach Levine's on one of the worst teams in the league. Okay, but Zach Levine, there's just something about Zach Levine. Like, he doesn't do anything but score. I mean, he averages four rebounds and four assists, which is not far off. Four assists isn't that great. It's not far off of D'Lo. He also has the ball in his hands an amazing amount of time because the Bulls have nobody else. They had their whoa, who Laurie Markinen? I mean, he's shooting thirty percent better on a, a one point five more shot. Okay, but he per game. has the ball in his hands an insane amount. He's he shooting be. better in every aspect of the game, including free throws. There's not a single per- doubt in my mind that D'Lo is a better player than Zach Levine. Like a better overall player. We okay. have the same argument about okay. Devin Booker. Okay. But okay. now Devin Booker is a better player than D'Lo. But back then, D'Angelo Russell is having a great season. Who's the is better he overall player? The better overall player than all of these people is Jimmy Butler. So if you're going to go okay. to that, then Jimmy okay. Butler is an fine. Jimmy Butler is really awesome, based whatever. off of the season and the season. D'Angelo Russell's having a better season than Zach Levine. No, he's not. Yes, he Statistically, is. Statistically, he is not. Zach Levine plays 34 minutes a game. D'Lo plays 29. But it doesn't matter. You're not he has doing... to... All right, let's look at their usage rates. Because I guarantee you Zach Levine's a sky high. Okay, but even if you go to per 36 stats, Zach Levine is still doing better than him. Oh, yes, no, but... No matter what you... There's nothing you can tell me. D'Lo's the better overall player. He's having the better season. He, his bro. usage rate is 1.7% lower, so it's not like a skyrocketing difference. Okay, it's not a skyrocketing rate. difference, but it's a difference nonetheless. And like like that, like Caddy Waddy said, we can't just look at the stats, look at the games. Zach Levine has the ball in his hands an insane amount. He's and, the only and, player on the Bulls and what does that he takes do? any shots. And what does he do? He makes the clutch shots. That's the... The only he thing he does, the, the only thing he does is score. The but only he, thing he does is score. He makes the shots. Zach Levine is a good and second player. When I player. tell you, 
D'Angelo Russell one time this season has iced the game. One he, he won this game. Okay, he went on, he went on he went on a run that got them a huge lead. Zach Levine has won games. He has sent games to overtime. He's hit game tires with Zach two Levine left. is a good winners. Zach Levine is a good second option on a team. D'Lo is a is a he could be the number one option on a, a good team. He Zach cannot, Levine is the number two option. D'Angelo Russell cannot be the number one and win a championship. Not, not a with, chance. Not with the Nets. No. Not a, not anywhere. If he's the number yes, one. Yes, he could. If he's the number one. If he was not, the, not anywhere. maybe not right now, but at potential wise, which is not a completely different situation where I'm getting off into completely different stuff. But D'Angelo Russell is having the better season than Zach Levine, in my opinion. He's I not think, having a better season than Zach Levine, yes, Jimmy is. Butler, or okay. Kyle Lowry. Jimmy Butler, fi- okay, fine. Jimmy Butler, maybe not, but Jimmy Butler doesn't deserve to be in the All-Star game. Because Kyle of Lowry, definitely. Issues, yes. He's definitely having a better season than Kyle Lowry. No, because Lowry that, is asked of less on the Raptors, so he, he does not is, have to Kyle do Lowry much. has been in the league for, what, 10 years? He's averaging 14 and 9. He does not deserve to be in the All-Star game. Do you know who consistently averages Draymond Green stats? and stuff like that? No, I, everyone always says Draymond. No, Al Horford was an All Star last year and was putting. And a I was very saying the same thing. Stats. Al Horford did not deserve to be an All Star. Oh. Bottom line, people people guy. like this do not make the All Star game, no matter how much you want them to. Is gonna. But he end should. Up, I'm saying he's probably not gonna make the All Star game because Jimmy Butler and everyone loves Kyle Lowry, even though he's averaging 14 and on. But D'Angelo Russell should make the All Star game. He should be an All Star. But um. That we got off on a complete tangent, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This is probably one of our longer ones. It's 41 minutes. Um, it's the midseason, so we're gonna start doing midseason player evaluations, player grades, player reviews. I don't know how we're gonna split it up. We might do like guards and forwards split into different episodes. We might do like half the team one episode, half the team another episode. Uh, yeah, we we might even do like a player an episode and make short little uh like episodes. But uh, yeah, look, be on the lookout for those. Uh, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. You can follow us individually. I'm Najee Adams underscore. If you don't know how to spell Najee, it's N-A-J-E-E Adams underscore. Hunter's at Hunter underscore J-K-R. Uh, make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes. Super important. You can look up Brooklyn Nets. We come up. You can look up HoopBall Nets. We come up. You can look up Hoop-Ball. We come up. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you leave us a five-star rating and a review, like we said. Make sure to leave constructive criticism of what we did right, what we did wrong. It doesn't take that long to do, so please make sure you go do it. It may not mean a lot to you, but it means a lot to us. Helps us get the podcast out there. So if you want to support us, make sure you go do that. Uh, once again, shout out to Juan House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoopball podcast. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for this episode, guys. We hope you enjoyed listening. We'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.